No matter how difficult the challenges become, how anxious you feel, how uncomfortable it gets. If you create content with one crystal clear message for one highly targeted audience that delivers one insanely helpful solution, you will succeed. This is Parade. Jasmine, you have become LinkedIn's number one copywriter. You've grown to nearly 100,000 followers on the platform in a very short amount of time, might I add. How did you do it? Pods. I use the pod. 100%. (laughs) I just love that, man. Absolutely. You want to go to 100,000 followers? Pod, Yeah, exactly. Just sign up for any of these. Like, you can just Google them. That's it. That would be serious. <laughs> That's the way to go, man. I'm I'm gonna get into a pod then, dude. Let me into your pod because you no, seem to be my doing pod it well. Is literally just two people, me and Lara Acosta, and that's it. That's the pod. That's amazing, man. I love that. I love your friendship that you guys have developing there. You're the dynamic duo, two of my buddies. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Lara and I have developed a special creator relationship. We're literally just supporting each other. Uh, with content ideas, we review each other's stuff. We collaborate on LinkedIn audio events. We might collaborate on a, a bunch of stuff too in the future. But yeah, she's amazing. And if anyone asks me, "Are you in a pod?" Technically, I am. It's the DM. It's my DM <laughs> with Lara. Yeah. So, but anyhow, just to answer your question, how do you get to 100k? Honestly, just a lot of consistency in content, and the quality of the content, and a lot of persistence. You just can't quit when things get tough and things will get tough, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we absolutely will, man. Well, just just playing off the relationship you have with Laura, I was speaking with Charles the other day. He's going to be on a future episode, and he really laid out the idea of strategic creator relationships as foundational to his success. And so that's what I see with you and Laura. I have a similar relationship with Matt Barker and some of the other guys in the LinkedIn circle, and it's really important to have those relationships, man. You're going to be able to riff off of each other. You're going to be able to sharpen each other's saw. I have that with Stan Miller, who is my co-founder in Parade. He's just got an incredible sales background. I learned stuff from him, but we're engaging with others' content, each other's content. It is, it is absolutely relevant. And so for you, would you say in the early days you had that or did you have to work toward that as you're starting to write content for Fortune 500 companies or even just on LinkedIn? Yeah, when I was first starting out, so earlier in my career, even before LinkedIn, I was always a solo show. I like to think of myself as a solo show to this day, even though I'm running a team of nine people and I am a fractional creative director in a lot of my uh, clients' companies and I work with with teams and I manage teams. But like what it, what it boils down to when it always comes back to is just me and what I do. And for that factor, I feel like I I honestly say that I'm probably the biggest bottleneck in my business, but I kind of like it just because I feel like I love the fact that I have to think all the time. I have to push myself to be better all the time. I don't allow myself for a second, not even a week at a time to stagnate like It's never happened. I've been in the business now for 13 years in the online writing world and then whatever I've transitioned into uh, that is today. And I don't think I've allowed myself more than a week 
of stagnation. If I did, I'd probably just kick myself in the butt and I leveled up to something new. And that's both good and bad. Like a lot of people can't handle that sort of pressure, that sort of constant investment, constant research, constant learning, constant leveling up. But I guess that's what you got to do to get to the top. I'm not saying I'm at the top, but a lot of people might consider that I am. Um, so, yeah, a lot of constant pressure. I'll, I'll put it put it that way. Light pressure doesn't even have to be super, super t- tough, you know. You mentioned that you sometimes you feel like a bottleneck, and it's probably because your standards are prestigious. They're high. You don't want them to ever filter into a state of complacency. And I can really resonate with that. I just launched my first video today on LinkedIn. And literally for a few hours last night, I was messaging Stan and others and even my wife and saying, it has the black bars on the side because of the aspect ratio I recorded it in. Should I, should I just redo it? I spent two hours trying to redo that video and finally just said, no, forget it. I did the first one in like two takes and it's really what, you know, it seemed like it was it resonated, but I was paranoid about two black bars on the side. And so in this early stage process, and now you're in late stage, but speak to it in the early stage, were you bottlenecking yourself to a point where you couldn't even get your content out on the platform? Talk to us about that. I absolutely was. When I was first starting out, I would be the main hindrance to myself, basically. I was blocking myself from Mm -hmm. posting content just because I knew I had a certain level of standard and I knew I had certain expectations and I knew I had a certain style of communication, like how I present my ideas. Because mind you, I was a teacher. I used to be a teacher. I actually still teach. Technically, I'm a professor at the university. I teach copywriting. But like I used to be a full-time teacher. Uh, I, I taught at a middle school. I taught at a high school level. Anyhow, teaching to me is something that is holistic. Like I put my entire personality into it. And... I feel like every single post you write, especially like when it comes to LinkedIn, is me still teaching. Like I'm teaching my audiences about something. Whatever that something is, is irrelevant. But how I teach, how I come across, the tone that I use, the length of it, the crispiness of it, the power, the sheer power of a statement. I pay attention to all of it. So for the longest time, I couldn't make it perfect. I really wanted it to be perfect out of the gate. And I say that openly just because I knew the type of quality business person, the type of quality copywriter, the type of quality brand strategist I was. I knew that already. I was very aware of my qualifications, but I wanted it to shine through in my content as well. And then for the longest time, I was like, no, this is not good. Or I would write something and then I would rewrite it, that I would rewrite it a hundred times over and I would never end up posting it. And I did that for, for years. And when I finally did decide to start posting, like I finally gained that confidence. It was um, January 1st, 2020. And I was posting for five days. Um, got zero likes on my content because that's all I was doing. I was literally just posting at these random times and nothing happened. And I quit after five days and it bore a hole in my brain for the next, you know, 360 days, essentially. And January 1st came 2021. I was like, okay, 
restart. You can do this. You're that good, dude. And I started over and it was five weeks this time around. I did get some traction. Like I did get some likes from like existing connections, but I still quit because I did not feel like I got, I got the, you know, response that I imagined I would get. And then January 1st, 2022 came about I told myself I would comment more. I would uh, try different approaches in my content. And that's what it essentially clicked. It took me five long months to finally tell myself, okay, this is working. Stick to it. But yeah, I, I was literally just blocking myself all this time. I could have just done the same thing, to be fair, in 2020. I ch- shouldn't have waited you know, two full years. But I did. And it is what it is. You know, the thing I like about every content creator that I've met so far, we all kind of have one or two or three major quit mm-hmm. stories before the success story is actually present. So for you to say, well, I quit this one time after five days and after five weeks again, I quit. And then to see where you're at now, it resonates with me because last year I did the same thing. I was grinding three posts per day, quit for three months, and I quit with such a veracity that I deleted every single piece of content and comment. Imagine going through that. It took me days to do that. But that's just a dark spot that I was in of like, screw this. I never want to touch content ever again. And now... I can never see that happening again because you just build in a different level of success and different systems and things. So I love to hear that. Wait a second. You deleted every comment too? Every single comment. Any activity, you know, you can click on the activity tab and it shows you posts that you've liked. I literally went to my activity tab and would unclick anything that I liked. I wanted to disappear Mm. off of LinkedIn. And I just, I don't know why that burnout factor was there. I thought I was going to take my career in a different route. And for some reason, I thought having posted about all this copywriting things, it was going to impact my ability to get the job that I wanted in strategic partnerships as an executive and so on. I thought they were going to misinterpret my background. So when you mix in a bad state of mind with a future aspiration, it just blows up in the way that it blew up with me. And that's uh, that's how ugly that was. Now we've recovered from all that, been able to, to leave my current executive role and dive into content as a service full-time. We've now transformed into a six-figure content business. So everything is great now. But man, that took a long time to delete, almost as long as it took to, to create all the Imagine content. if you could put a price on every single one of those deletions. Like every single comment yeah. you've deleted was like $1. <laughs> just imagine anyhow that's a yeah that's a nightmare man well i mean look we're constantly failing and we're all constantly failing forward so i think we can summarize that as just a natural part of the overall content creation process and when you're building these content businesses you're gonna fail and you're gonna fail forward if you just keep going, but if you keep going in the right context, one crystal clear message, one target audience for one insanely helpful outcome, we often say that. So Jay, let me ask you this. As you were going through those failures, those quitting times, what finally made you realize that, wait a second, boom, I do have this and I'll be able to stick with it and it will turn into my content business that will take me down that six-figure route? For me, I feel like what made LinkedIn work after all this time and after all these failures is it's actually kind of counterintuitive. I stopped taking it seriously. 
I believe that mm. in 2020, when I first started and that I quit after five days, and also in 2021, when I quit after five weeks, I took it way too seriously. I let it define me. I let those failures like literally put this stain on my reputation, on my career, just in my brain. This, this was all happening in my own brain. But I let it define me. I was like, no, this time you're just going to go in and let time do its thing. You're going to keep doing you because you know, like all the things I said at the beginning, you know you're that good. Like you know what you have to offer. You know all those stories you have to share with people. And you know there's a valuable lesson, hundreds of valuable lessons in all those stories. I just said, whatever happens, I'm going to keep on doing it. And I know if I keep on doing it the right way for the right amount of time, it just has to work. It's bound to work. Otherwise, what the hell is everyone else doing and succeeding? I know I can do it too. So that's what I believe was the solution for me. I just did not let it define me. And I see this all the time with creators currently, like especially new creators. Ryan, you yourself could be included here. All the things you just described, like going back months and months into the past, deleting every single thing, this means you felt like this was almost like a you know police record. You did not want that on your record. Like this was a permanent stain in your past and you let it define you. Why? What happened, happened. Starting today, you're turning a new leaf. You're failing forward. You're just moving forward. So... I had this conversation with myself, essentially, and I was very open about it. I just told myself, whatever happens, just keep on going. It has to work. It must work. And it worked. <laughs> and it did. And congratulations, too, on just the progress you made, man. It's, it's exciting to see a fellow creator dominate. We want to see that. The creator economy is just a fascinating place to be, and now it's changing lives. So in your efforts to continue to keep going that consistency, there becomes a certain measure of responsibility of doing it in a way where you know it's adding value, and that value is turning into invoices and payments sent and paying clients, basically. So for you, as you were going through this consistency side, what do you think was the edge that said, okay, now it's turning into a business. What content strategy, writing strategy, did you notice drawing new leads in to getting your first deal? Like talk someone through if I were new and I'm writing content online, but I'm not seeing Jasmine status progress or I'm not seeing paying clients. Like what was that moment for you and what did that content look like? Awesome. So the moment I knew I could monetize my LinkedIn activity was the moment my first inquiry and my DMs came through. I wasn't even thinking about it at that point, to tell you, to tell you the truth. Because at that point, mind you, I'm this is just my daily life at that point. I'm running a, an agency. There's a team of nine. So that's a whole team to manage. We are booked with projects almost indefinitely. I'm also acting as a solopreneur. I'm this, you know, fractional creative director or just a copywriter for, um, for, 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 for these big clients that they come to me on a project basis. And now I have this new thing called LinkedIn where I'm sort of buzzing. I'm getting more popular by the day. And 
I start getting new messages in my DMs for people asking me to work on new stuff now. Now, do I fit this into my agency side? Do I fit this into my solopreneur side? Is this something totally new? Could I fit this in? Like These were all legit questions at that point. And for me, I did not start accepting new clients from LinkedIn at the very start. What I did do is I would either forward them, depending on like my sort of pre-qualification that I did into DMs. I did not say yes to anything immediately. I wasn't even jumping at the gun to accept new clientele um, at that point. Uh, by the way, I had already like built my business at this point, and I had the luxury of actually picking and choosing. I still do to this day, like who I actually work with. So what I would do is I would literally just forward people to one of my websites, whether of Incordis Media, the agency website, or HeyJ, which was you know my personal brand website. And I would just tell them, hey, this is the contact form that I have. Please fill it in. And then it would make more sense for them, whether we're the right fit. It would also make sense for me and the teams, whether we're the right fit. So I was kind of qualifying people based on what I already had. I did not want it to turn into a new thing. But there was a new service that came to light that I've never done before. And it was a service related to LinkedIn specifically. Now, mind you, I had never done any LinkedIn consulting, LinkedIn coaching, LinkedIn whatever as part of my service business. And the more I grew and the more I would share my tips on here's what works for me on LinkedIn. And then people would try it and then people would come back to me and they're like, yes, it is working. Thank you, Jake. And then I would do it more and more people would come back and they would confirm it. Now what started to happen is people caught on. This guy knows what he's doing. This guy legit is sharing stuff. He knows what works and people are saying good things about him. At one point, right before New Year's, I think it was around October, maybe late September, October 2022. I kid you not, Ryan. I had 300 leads in a single month. 300 leads in a single month just from LinkedIn. This was completely separate from my current clientele and all the stuff that comes through the website on Recordis Media. And this was completely separate from what I'm already working on with my clients as a solopreneur and a HeyJ website. Just LinkedIn. 300 leads in a single month. At this point, I was like, there's something here. So that's when I started to sort of really pull back. And I wanted to monetize that part as well. So I pulled back and the agency side, I kind of let it operate without me. Like at that point, it was, you know, pretty built up. We had a certain... Um, level of trust after all these years, of course. Um, I put my trust in my guys and I kind of pulled myself away from that. I was literally just there for like an hour in a day, just going over stuff. Or if one of the clients wanted to have a conversation, would be, I would step in kind of like a 
Chris Doe at his blind agency. Like he's got people running everything. He just comes in to close the deal, basically. So now I freed up my calendar um, for a lot of new things. But what started happening more and more is with the solo stuff that I'm doing now, I had this idea, okay, let me start a LinkedIn consulting business. Let me just start offering consultations for people. At this point, I wasn't even thinking about coaching or coaching packages, long-term stuff. I was literally just thinking of one-on-ones, nothing else. And I did. I started doing it. I started doing it at a, actually a very low uh, price point at that point. Um, I started doing it. And the second I put up my Calendly link on my profile, it filled up for the month ahead. I was immediately booked out with calls for LinkedIn consultations. At that point, it was like two, two and a half months in advance. Immediately, the second I put it out. The funniest thing though, Ryan, is I never once promoted. To this day, you can go back and check. To this day, I have never once promoted my LinkedIn consultations in my content. Not once. (laughs) And I still get booked to consult people at, at today, I even have a coaching uh, you know package, and that's the funniest thing to me. It sort of speaks to the value that our entire presence on LinkedIn has, that you don't even have to sell. Your entire presence is just selling in itself. So I'll take a break here. We can dive deeper into everything. But that's sort of been the journey for me. Like from the very first moment, I realized there is something here. Like there is a monetization opportunity. But at that point, I was like really like stuck between two places. I was literally stuck. I couldn't figure it out. But then I had to pull back from one side and, you know, flip the switch on on, on a new thing, on a third thing. So, yeah, hopefully this provides more insight for people listening as to how it sort of came about for me. It was fascinating. And I want to press into your presence cells in a Mm. second. But when you told me that you had 300 leads, I basically I blacked out at that point. And I've blacked out now. I've awakened. Um, I'm here and I can continue the rest of the podcast. Listen, man, have you ever seen 300? Oh, yeah, this is Sparta. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's immediately what came to my mind is like, Jay going in front of the mirror, knowing that he's got 300 leads, pauses for a second, really starts to envision himself as like, yeah, I can do this. And then locks eyes with himself in the mirror and yells, this is Sparta, ripped off his shirt and just goes and like slams a beer or something. I don't know, man. Just (laughs) that was fascinating to hear about. By the way, there is this one instance. I remember, I I don't want to call anyone out, but um, I, I don't even know what it was. Like November, December, it doesn't even matter. I don't know whether I was on a podcast somewhere or I was commenting somewhere and I mentioned this particular figure and somebody was like, yeah, right. Five seconds in, I kid you not, I go into my Gmail and there's this tool called uh, Screenshot Everything or whatever it's called, Screenshot Pro, something like it just lets you scroll down further and the screenshot is like super long, right? Uh, what, yeah. What's it called? I have to check. Go full page. Go full page. I can't remember that's, that's what it's called. I'm looking at it right now. And that's what I've done. Like cool. five seconds after, I'm like, boom, let me. And it was two screenshots. <laughs> and they're like super long. I sent it to this dude's DMs. And he was like, pardon me. I apologize. <laughs> and he, was, he just wrote, he just oh, wrote respect. So and I'm like, dude, 
it is what it is. Like I'm legit not lying. Uh, but at that point, I, uh, I like I did have like one or two viral posts, and that also kind of skyrocketed the demand. Uh, which is also a, a thing we could talk about. People often say, like you might have heard this on LinkedIn too, viral posts don't necessarily bring in leads. It's those posts that are like very ICP focused that bring in leads and they don't necessarily generate a lot of you know, engagement. I've had quite the opposite experience. Um, I've had both generate you know, leads in general. I've never had one or the other be better. So anyhow, yeah, um, those numbers were actually pretty consistent over the months. It wasn't always like 300 was still the best month to tell you the truth. 300 is still to this day, the best month on LinkedIn. And yeah, but the numbers are pretty high every single month. There's, there's quite a lot of leads. There's quite a lot of people either booking the calls, depending on what my calendar currently allows. And there's also quite a lot of people just being genuinely interested. Um, or people who literally tell me, you know, like, I would pay for this. The price point is too high for me at this point. But I'll just settle for, like, the posts and whatever. Because we know every every single thing you're actually sharing is stuff that you also share on paid calls with clients. And that kind of makes me happy, you know. Like, even though people don't Definitely. pay me necessarily, I'm still helping. So that that that, to me, is honestly the most fulfilling part. And that, that takes you far. And I think if I'm listening in the audience, one of the questions I'd be asking right now is, okay, why? Why the heck were there 300 leads? Why are there consistent lead generation streams happening? And I think it goes back to what you're saying. Just your presence on the platform, well, it keeps you top of mind. It keeps your service top of mind. You're creating this always on conversation, not just with your community from those who will never buy from you, but yet always engage with you, but you're also creating it with your ideal clients. And so I think the answer is, is pretty simple. You're just staying top of mind to the degree that that top of minded nature now will find its way in the boardrooms in conversations that you didn't even know were happening. There's a marketing professional right now at a Fortune 500 company who is planning out their content strategy. You've probably seen their brand in passing, maybe at the store, but you don't know that they're having that conversation, but one day they're going to turn into a lead. It could be in seconds from now. It could be in a few months from now, but you're already on people's radar. You have no idea, and you're not paying ads. You're not going out and trying to do all of these cold calls and cold emails. Could you imagine Jay, if you had to do that, all the cold emails and cold calls yourself, which probably I'm going to guess, you can correct me. I'm guessing that's not a part of your business right now. Absolutely. Is that true? I have not sent a cold email probably in like seven years. <laughs> that's so funny. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's very true. I think even through my Upwork days, I was at that point where it was only word of mouth literally just word of mouth. I was not sending like, even mm -hmm. to this day, like I'm still on, on Upwork. Like I'm still on there. Cause a lot of my fortune 500s are on Upwork and they give you these uh, connects. It's kind of like coins essentially that imagine you're at a car yeah. wash. And if you want to go for two minutes, you put in two coins, you know, um, for on Upwork, it's like, if you want to apply to a job, 
depending on the type of job, depending on who's posting it, whether it's just an individual, whether it's a Fortune 500, one job post, like application costs one coin, some of them cost 10. They give you like, I don't even know, 40, 50 per month. And then they put put like a limit or whatever. Um, I have hundreds at the moment <laughs> just because they're unused. Like I'm not sending anything. They're just using them for they're using them for something. I have I have no clue what it is. They're using them for something <laughs> like the platform sends me a notification like you've used up. Oh, yeah. For like the availability status. Um, you have to put your availability. Yeah. Like, are you available right now? Like on demand or something. That's what I'm getting um, top. I, I guess that's what I'm topping up for every single month. But yeah, not for cold emails for sure. That's amazing. So let me ask you this then. If you lost Upwork and Fiverr, I think at one point you mentioned you're in Fiverr. I could no, be wrong I was never about on that. Fiverr. But yeah. if you lost, uh-huh. you're never on Fiverr. Okay. If you lost Upwork, would LinkedIn be sufficient for maintaining, sustaining, and even growing your business? Could you get to seven figures just by LinkedIn alone? Yes. The answer is definitely yes. Um, even at this point, LinkedIn is well on the way to building me a seven figure business. Um, in combination with Upwork, the, the sky's the limit, to tell you the truth. That's fascinating, man. I, You know, this podcast is dedicated to exploring those types of content service businesses. And you found yourself in a spot where you're actually, you're just absolutely dominating. And that that's critical because it's all online writing. There is no cold calls. There is no cold emails. There is no any of that other stuff. And and listen, I'm not condemning that. Uh, There are great sales professionals who are exceptional at cold calling, exceptional at cold emailing, exceptional in DMs. I don't know if there's any on LinkedIn. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure there are, but you know, we get uh, pitch slapped so often, but I love to hear that. I really love to hear that Jay, because LinkedIn has kind of just come onto the scene as a creator first platform. It's only been two years since they turned on creator mode. And so now we're seeing these individuals create an economy here. But as you think about that economy of scale for you and your business, what obstacles are you going to face on LinkedIn that could prevent you from being a seven figure? What do you think is going to get in the way of that, that you're going to have to overcome in order to reach that seven figure mark? I don't think it's even just so for me to answer that question, I don't think it's really related to LinkedIn specifically. It's related to how I structure my business. Because um, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, I could probably build a seven-figure business by the end of this year easily. But I'm just in life, not at that point, just because of you know family obligations or whatever. Like physically, I'm not able to sure. turn it into a seven-figure business at the moment. Um, not that there's not plans for it, but at the moment, I'm literally just enjoying being a dad and you know, I'm, I'm enjoying family time. I'm very honest about this. Like every conversation that I have, and people will ask me this. I recently had a conversation with Dina, Dina Chalkovich, one of our friends, and she was scolding me. She was like, dude, why don't you? Like, I don't know if she'll get mad at me for bringing this up, <laughs> but yeah, Dina, Dina and I are super close. She was like, why don't you finally put a put out a product or something like you you could easily do it like you could do it in your sleep and i'm like dina i am focused on being a father at the moment i could not care less 
And as a business person, like listening to this right now, you might just say, yeah, dude, that makes no sense. To me, it does. To me, it does because I take care of my son, you know, 10, 15 hours on any given day. And after that, I focus on the business. Whatever I can do, I do. Whatever I don't, I don't care. Like, I know that's why I said I'm the biggest bottleneck in my business. I'm putting a threshold that is probably not realistic. Like, I could just move way past that, skyrocket my income right now, the revenue for, for the business in general. But I don't care. I, at this point in time, I'm just focused on being present outside of my business. The business will be good. The business will be fine. It will survive. But I will never get these years back of being a dad. I will never get this back. In two, three years, I can always come back to this and start building. We are well-versed business professionals. We're well-versed online entrepreneurs. We're well-versed content creators. I will figure my way out. Doesn't matter what platform is popping in two to three years. Doesn't matter what new trends there are, what sort of content creation style is there. I'll figure it out. I always have. But at this point in time, I'm like my main priority in life is just being the super dad that my son thinks I am. And after that, whatever comes first, whether it's, you know, expanding the team or moving from six figures to to seven figures or moving from 100K to a million followers or moving from one product to launching a full course platform or something, I it sounds really bad from a business standpoint, but I could not care less because that's not my priority at the moment. I am doing enough and I believe I'm doing so much. You know, I'm already sharing so much, earning a lot, very satisfied. Everyone around me is happy. The team is happy. The family's happy. That's all I care about. All the other stuff could not care less at this moment in time. I'm not sure. I'm not saying that's not going to change in two to three years. You know, I love how your outlook is so positive in terms of saying, I can flip the switch. I can snap the fingers. Not that it's that easy to build a business, but you know exactly who you are. You know exactly what you're good at, and you know exactly what you want to prioritize. And just to get to that moment while also having the level of success that you've reached, that's the cherry on top, man. That's that's the compounding benefits of diligent hard work coming together without losing sight of the family life. I'm sure you had a great time with your son. I mean, we even talked today, you were going to different parks and so on. And I know secretly that's for you. You like to go on the slides and the swing sets and all that. True. Come on, Very man. true. Very no true. Doubt. Like even today we were at this <laughs> giant amusement park and they have like a million different places you can visit. And I always ask him like, Hey, that looks cool. Do you want to go? But in like in reality, I'm just praying he says yes, just so I can join him too, you know? Yeah, man. You got to have the Absolutely. fun, dude. You you do enough work where you getting out is great. Well, Jay, we're going to wrap this up, but you've shared just incredible insights into your background, some of your strategies and challenges. What would you tell someone? And usually I say, what would you tell a new creator? What would you tell a new business I want you to decide based on your skill set and your experience, who would you close this out to knowing that the people who listen to this are looking to build a content service business on LinkedIn. They're looking, they could be a fortune 500 brand or they could be a solopreneur, but they're trying to succeed 
through content. And they want to have that top of mind presence that you mentioned earlier, and they want to be able to make it a sustainable, long-lasting income. Who would you speak to in this moment, and what would you tell them to do to get them started or get them advanced? So to anyone listening, if you're looking to start a content creation journey or a content creation business on LinkedIn, or to be even more specific, to start a business out of content creation on LinkedIn, I would just say focus on sharing bite-sized lessons. I feel like this is something that's so underrated from a storytelling perspective, from a writing perspective, from a communications perspective. So hear me out. Anyone, doesn't matter if you're a student, freshly graduated, or a Fortune 500 CEO who's got 20, 30, 50 years of experience under your belt, you can go on LinkedIn right now, today, and just start sharing your opinions, your stories, your experiences, stuff that you learn day in and day out, starting today, stuff that you see around you, and then your reactions to those things day in and day out, starting today. You can do anything from a content creation standpoint. But the thing that I feel like is most underrated is is how you deliver that. Most people don't have a very precise delivery style. It's not concise enough. It's not crisp enough. Therefore, it's not powerful enough. As an example, if you're a Google Ads professional, because your niche is super technical, because I need laser focus to understand every single step of what you're trying to tell me, don't give me five tips all at once and every single one of them has a full set of sub-steps inside of them. No, please. Instead of giving me five tips at once and telling me a full story about each of them, turn it into five posts at the very least. Or if you're a Fortune 500 CEO telling me a story about your business and when you failed to get that running, uh, sorry, funding for your first round, please stick to just one aspect of that story and turn it into a lesson. And that's it. If you want to go back to that particular funding series because you have more stories to share, turn it into multiple posts because people are on LinkedIn or people, doesn't matter, this is now even not even LinkedIn specific. People come to social media to hear, to find out information. If you're giving them a whole book and they feel like they're reading a book. That's not social media. That's not social media. I feel like post certain posts are too long. I feel like I'm reading a book. I don't need that. What I need is the value of a book in a very concise post. That is so much more powerful. And how do you do that? By turning bite-sized stories into pieces of content doesn't matter how long your story is just chop it up into multiple things i believe this is so underrated and why like out of all the things i could have said 
why am I telling you this as like my main lesson? Just because I feel like this is the main thing I see a lot of content creators struggle with. They share too much in a single piece of content. Too much. It's overwhelming to your reader. It's overwhelming to whoever is on the other side. If you are, just imagine you're having a conversation with someone. You're at dinner and they ask you, so how was work today? And then you go on to tell them the 10 or 15 things that happened today. No, just go one by one. That's how your conversation will just move into the entire night. Like it will go on and on for hours. But if you just bombard them or overwhelm them with 15 things at once, I guarantee you that conversation is ending in five minutes because that person is not going to know how to move forward with that conversation. So please, whenever you're sharing your content, keep this in mind. Keep it crisp and keep it powerful. That's what's going to make your content resonate with your audience. doesn't matter who you are. That's riding with fire right there, riding with a flaming sort of fire. And it's not that you're cutting out fluff that doesn't matter, but you're hyper-focusing on one specific point in one crystal clear message for one target audience to deliver one insanely helpful outcome. And I like how you said that because think about this. There's the question that you ask, how was your day at work? Well, it can be good or it can be bad. Okay, that's your first framework, good or bad. If it's good, it can be inspiring, it can be joyful, it can be whatever that's going to be. If it was bad, maybe there's some drama behind it and so on. But you can write that into one clear point and ship it. And it doesn't have to be long or drawn out or have all these other details that they're not going to understand anyway. When you read a book, you maintain, I've heard, 8% of it. That seems high. I think it's probably a little bit less. So... Give them that crystal clear snapshot. Give them the diamond in the rough and then go back to the rough and just extract more diamonds and there'll be additional posts for you. Is that a fair way to summarize what you just I said? I believe it is. And I love how you label it writing with fire. I believe that's exactly what it is. You know, you have to awaken that sort of like light up that spark in, in people's minds. I'm trying to find that quote that Tupac said. Um, I'm literally Googling it right now as I'm talking. Um, He said, Tupac Shakur, the rapper, he said, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the brain that will change the world. And I believe as an analogy, we can use it for content. Like, I'm not saying I will share everything I know in a single post. But I guarantee you that every post I share is going to be that one spark to light up a fire under you. And, you know, with every post, I will be sharing everything I know, just not all at once. I don't know if that's a correct analogy, but it made sense in my mind. Okay. (laughs) That's a fire analogy. It resonated with me really well. And I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy that. Mr. J., It's just never not a pleasure to speak with you, man. It always is. You're very insightful, very kind. The humility factor is so present with you. I'm sure your clients are just ecstatic to continue to work with you. I'm ecstatic to call you a fellow creator or even more importantly, a friend of mine. So thank you for joining us today. 
uh, just any any closing words? I don't even know how to end it. It's like we're on here with Jay. It's like I should just be quiet and let you say whatever else. So yeah, you take over the podcast. I'm out okay, of here. Okay, so if, if anybody wants to stay and join me for a freestyle hip-hop session. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, that's messed up. Now you got to do no, it. No, no, now no. you got to do it. Um, I got my son in the other room, so that's my excuse. I don't want to wake him up. There you go. Can't, can't, yeah, yeah, can't do it. That's, that's fair enough. All right, you got off the hook. Nice job. You that's see? a good save. I'm, I'm good. good I pra- practiced this in the past. Don't worry. By the by the oh, way, yeah. I will I will people say this. You up. So be good to people. Okay, that's my message. I feel like I I feel like we are not talking about kindness enough. We're not even on LinkedIn, even as content creators, even as people, as businessmen. We're not talking about kindness enough. And I want to give you another like really deep insight, Brian. I feel like kindness is what brought you and me together. Even We just started supporting each other. Like why? Like I just felt drawn to your content. And then I was, I mean, it sounds selfish to say now, but kind enough to just leave a comment. And I could feel that kindness coming back to me when you started commenting on my stuff. And it was this endless loop of support. Be kind to people. If you see a content creator whose content you really like, support it, send them a DM, connect with your fellow people, with your fellow creators. If you see someone who's launching a new product, who's starting a new business, support them. If you see someone who is searching for a new job, support them. Even just a like, just a reaction to their post could mean the world to that person. You don't even have to comment. You don't even have to repost it. You don't even have to DM them. Just leave a like. Be kind to that you know person you're seeing because you never know how you're impacting someone's life. I feel like this is something I would want to say at any event, at any keynote as my closing statement, just because I know kindness is something we need more of in the world. doesn't matter where we are, who we are. Be kind to people. We need more of that, really. I, I agree with you completely, man. And I, I remember when you first did that, how much it changed my perspective in the moment of, man, this, this guy literally went out of his way to take time to comment on my piece of content. And I lit up inside, I was probably smiling. If, if my heart could smile, it was grinning like a cheesy super grin. And so it just creates this reciprocity factor. And that reciprocity factor, if it's rooted and grounded on the foundation of kindness, is going to create so many different relationships. You're not even going to know what to do with them. But it's going to make you feel good. It's going to make them feel good. And it's that rising of mutually beneficial tides. Thanks for joining us, Jay. You are truly a great example of what it looks like to be successful on the content creator front on LinkedIn. Congratulations on building your business to where it's at today. Congratulations on just spending time with your family and your son. Looking forward to having you back on here when you've decided to jump into the seven-figure realm with your content business. If you ever do, maybe we'll just talk about all the different slides at the parks you went on with your son, and that will be sufficient, man. So cheers, buddy. Thanks you. Thank you again. Thank you for inviting me in. Thanks to everybody who's listened so far. It's been a pleasure, honestly.